Hello and welcome to the universe from here. Today's guest is Robbie the Fire Bernstein. I think when you listen to this, it's going to be like, what, two weeks after we recorded? So if there's any time-sensitive content, I don't really think there is. Shit's just going on forever. Uh, yeah, he's a host of the Run Your Mouth podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, I believe. He is the co-host of the Part of the Problem podcast with Dave Smith. Uh, we just shot the shit for a little while. He was kind enough to come on the show and talk with me. So I've been a, f a fan of theirs for about a year or two now, I believe. And uh, it's kind of cool to be on the other side of that. So I hope you guys enjoy. And it's hot as fuck outside. Make sure you wash your nutsack or whatever area, whatever genitalia you gotta wash. Otherwise it might stay stuck forever. You know, like when, uh, what was that? When they say if you stretch your face out and make funny faces, be careful, it might stay that way. Your balls might be stuck to your legs for the rest of your life, so watch the fuck out. Alright guys. I <laughs> hope you enjoy Robbie the Fire Bernstein. Alright, welcome to the universe from here, brother. I'm with the man, Robbie the Fire Bernstein, king of the cocks. What's up, brother? Nothing much. I, I'm impressed by your beard. That looks like you were born with oh, that and you, you're just keeping it going. That is a full broomstick on the end of your face. Bro, yeah. <laughs> Took a while to get done, man. <laughs> if I was a witch and I needed, like, a base for a broom, I would I would just pull your beard right off your face and then I'd be able to fly faster than other witches. <laughs> Fuck it, eh? So, man, uh, some of my listeners might not be familiar with what you do. Uh, you're a stand-up comic from... You're from New York, right? Uh, Connecticut, but close enough. Let's go with New York. I feel like you get more cred being from New York. Yeah, all right. Now, what's a little bit of your background? So, like, how'd you get into podcasting and comedy and shit? Uh, comedy, just because everything else in life was really bad. And, uh, no, I, you know, I went to college uh, for, uh, I got a degree in finance, which uh, I quickly learned I didn't have much of an interest in. And uh, going into college, I think I was, uh, like, I, I working on Wall Street and making a ton of money seemed really interesting. And then working in media also seemed really interesting, but I didn't go the media route because I was a Jew and I thought the Wall Street thing would better suit, you know, like just a more stable lifestyle. And I learned a little bit late that that world wasn't for me and stand-up comedy, even though I was kind of more interested in radio, to be honest. I wasn't like a stand-up comedy fan, but you could just show up and do it. So I just started right. doing open mics and really fell in love with it and just, you know, still still doing it now. I fucking love it. Yeah, that's fucking badass, dude. No, you're really good at the radio shit or podcasting stuff. I mean, uh, I actually only started listening to you maybe a year, maybe two years ago. Um, so I found you through part of the Problem podcast with Dave Smith, and uh, I started listening to your podcast, and dude, it's just fucking fire. Like, I gotta say, uh, 
you're probably the only person I've seen able to eat mushrooms and then talk about congressional hearings. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple tricks to that. The first is, well, I ate some mushrooms. It's not like we ate like an eighth of mushrooms. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right. Yeah, sure. To be fair, I mean, we're fucking partying. Like, I, I'm not to say that I was sober. Uh, the other thing is, I, I someone point a fan actually came out to. I don't know if you've listened to the Maryland Run Your Mouth yet, which is absolutely chaotic, and it was one of those things. I haven't listened back to it yet. I've learned this where sometimes I think I learned this with stand up. I used to get really hammered when I did stand up, and I used to think I was really funny. And then I listened back to the tapes and realized, <laughs> like, oh, I'm just like the drunk chick who's yelling at the party. Like, no one's really laughing at this. I'm just being drunk and yelly. So <laughs> I have that quality when I'm – well, firstly, I, anyways, fan came out for, for for both the shows, which was cool. And I was, like, hammered, hammered. We were taking shots, and he's like, you're the only person I've ever met who seems to get more articulate as he drinks more. Uh, so I seem to have <laughs> – that remarkable talent that if you get me a little bit more loaded, I find my words a little bit more easily. And so that's true of the mushrooms as well, where I can just kind of flow with it. Hell yeah, dude. No, there's something to be said about somebody who can uh, be very articulate on mushrooms, dude. That's that's a hard task to do. Like even in small doses, it can be a little difficult sometimes. But. I don't know. There's something, you know what else? Sometimes like... Uh, I like the mushroom and podcasting because I find the podcasting's fun and it brings like good vibes. So in that sense, it's like uh, we've all had those trips where it kind of goes sour on you and you're like just or at least I have where you just yeah. hate it and you're like, when is this going to end? And even those are good because I find then you get back to reality and reality doesn't seem as bad because you've handled a like it's almost like a workout for anxiety where the version of what you were feeling when you were on mushrooms is so much worse than mm -hmm. your like daily dose of anxiety. You're like, ah, this is nothing. You, you should have seen what I was handling before. Uh, but on that note, I almost find the podcasting's a fun environment for mushrooms. Cause like you're hanging out, you're having fun. It's like, it's a good flow. Definitely. Yeah. I need to start trying that, man. Um, I wanted to tell I, I you, hope you I hope you do it and then just say like horrible things and get yourself in trouble <laughs> <laughs> you just reveal life secrets that you shouldn't have oh yeah well one thing about this podcast is like I don't use social media at all so this is all word of mouth and like okay. you know I don't have a whole lot of listeners yet but I've hit about 600 now like actual subscribers actual people fucking listening to the shit so that's huge man uh, that that's that's great especially right? if you're doing it without <laughs> I got to tell you, I would, I almost feel like I use social media, um, in the douchiest oh, way possible. Bit, oh, sorry. Am I there now? Sometimes my internet's kind of flaky. Oh, yeah. Same here. It's all good. Okay. I was saying I find, like, I almost use uh, social media in the douchiest way where it's like, I, I feel like it's a room and like, I, I like, I'll open up the door and be like, anyone saying anything about me? No. All right. Anyone saying about me? No. And I, it's like the douchiest, most narcissistic approach to I, I don't care. I don't want to use those platforms whatsoever. Um, I've kind of got suckered into it because of the reality that you need it for uh, promotional purposes. Twitter, I've started to find to be fun. I, I don't know how long you've been listening to Run Your Mouth, but I used to tell more almost like monologue style jokes on Run Your Mouth. And that's not there anymore because now like when I reach it and I think of those jokes, I just tweet them and then I'm done with them. I've got ADD. It's like once I've tweeted it, I like, I'm not going to then say it on the podcast. So Twitter, I find to be fun. Cause it's like the second you have a thought, you can just fucking brain fart it out and people sometimes appreciate it and react. And I, I like that, you know, that fucking quickness. 
Uh, but for the right. most part, social media sucks, dude. And it, oh, and it yeah. sucks you in. You feel like you got to check shit. And, like, also, I fucking hate having loose contact with people I don't like. There's people that, like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You spend your whole life yeah. trying to avoid them and almost, like, tightening your social circle to a couple people you do like. I don't like having loose loose social connections with the people I was trying to avoid in my life that they can easily find me and keep tabs on me. Like, who wants to, like, you know what I mean? Like, you want to have your close friends you get to hang out with and you share your moments with them. Who wants this big broadcast, you know, your aunt weighing in on your adventure with your friends? Fuck that. It's a terrible, I hate the whole thing. Oh, for real, dude. Yeah, I think it's the uh, the downfall of society when people fucking get judged on so their Twitter fucking profile. Or yeah, whatever. what's the word of mouth that you're doing that you managed to grow to 600? Like, how uh, did you get the initial batch? Dude, guerrilla marketing. So, like, uh, I used to play in a lot of bands and stuff, so we'd play concerts around town, and eventually we got, you know, further out of town, and, you know, you'd start getting a following from out of state and shit. And this was, like, before the internet was a huge thing. It was just kind of starting out. You know, people were on, like, AOL Instant Messenger and shit. But, uh, yeah, just fucking hand out flyers, fucking talk to people. Be like, hey, I got a show down the road, you know? What kind of music? Oh, I've played all sorts of music. Dude, I've done fucking metal music. I've done hip-hop, techno, fucking house music, whatever. Like, I'm just into whatever. But, I don't get that at all, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what kind of music are you into? Uh, mostly, what I listen to more than anything else is kind of jam bands, but I definitely like your 90s rock, classic rock, blues, jazz, oh, like yeah. that kind of shit. But I, I would just, uh, like, I, I guess this blew my mind. The other day I saw Post Malone, whose stuff, I, I, I'm not aware of him except for being on Rogan. But, like, I saw him cover uh, Nirvana, and he was doing an unbelievable job covering Nirvana. I was like, oh, let me go check out his shit. And then I went, and it's, like, exactly that hip-hop sound that I just, electronic whatever bullshit that I hate, like, instantly. Oh, yeah. And it almost surprised me that someone, like, I guess it somewhat surprises me that there's so many of these um, hip-hop guys that are actually unbelievable musicians who seem to have found the hip-hop. And I'm going to say that it's more because that's where the money is. Um, but or maybe that's what they're actually passionate about. They like that sound, but it's just it's weird to me that like the Nirvana stuff. Like I don't know. To me, that's more. Maybe this is just my own fucking arrogance and my taste. That's more like real music. It's so weird to me to see that Definitely, someone could yeah. do that perfectly and just be choosing that they prefer whatever the his other fucking garbage is. Right. I, well, when I did the hip hop thing, I'll, I'll at least say that we had an actual bassist. We had an actual That's drummer. That's a different vibe. Dude, turntables. You, put, you like, put rap against like real musicians, and I like yeah. more often than not, I'm into it. Like even sometimes I'll hear. Um, then to me, you're almost more like in the R and B category. It's a totally different thing when you right. put like right. real band behind um, that kind of stuff. Then you're almost like. Like Rage Against the Machine is almost that. Beastie Boys, a lot of their stuff is in that style. Or I even find when people are sampling old songs, that the style of that rap is even better than. I don't know. I don't listen to enough rap to even quite quantify what what irks me about it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> no, I, I don't really listen to much rap lately. It's just kind of a thing I got into. But. Rap and country are the two genres that are just, I guess, kind of really outside my wheelhouse. Definitely. And the worst, can I just tell you, the worst of all music is early fucking rock. Before rock and roll is like what we would consider rock and roll, (laughs) that fucking pasty white driving around to to diners cheerful bullshit, that is the worst of all music. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, so... Um, oh, what the fuck could we get into? I don't know. Was what, it's a, your podcast. What do you usually do yeah, here? Yeah, well, I just shoot the shit and see what happens, really. So That doesn't scare uh, the fuck out of you. I go into my podcast with a plan. I, I, I know so many people are just like shoot the shit style that makes me so nervous turning on the mics to just be like yeah we'll see what happens why is that um oh i don't trust it's gonna go no it's two things first i don't trust it's gonna go anywhere and then i also find it usually goes more personal than i was hoping for and i'm like that's not what i'm looking i don't know that's just me okay yeah so one thing i wanted to ask you about um i found that a lot of people that i talk to aren't really very aware of what libertarianism is and yeah. uh you know to be honest fucking there's some shit going on with the party right now that i don't really care for and it's all just drama bullshit yeah, George but, you know, sucks yeah it kind of sucks to say that but yeah um yeah, what what really got you into that? Like, how did you start learning about libertarianism? Because for me, it was actually listening to your guys' podcast just oh, like a year cool, or man. so ago. That that's cool. Uh, well, it's a couple, it's it's a couple different things. But firstly, I think you can be a libertarian without any care or concern for the Libertarian Party. I think uh, yeah, almost definitely. even with Dave in the in the podcast, it was um, oh shit, the name escapes me right now. The Michael Heiss kind of brought us more into discussing the internal politics of the party and even Dave having an affiliation a little bit with the party um, I personally like I, I kind of feel this I, I grew up Orthodox Jewish I don't like belonging to groups I gotta tell you I hate that energy I hate like the feeling of like you gotta have a certain even within the liberty thing I hate feeling like I'm on a team or I gotta say something or I'm not allowed to have that opinion I like being free and an individual and that's partly what attracts me to liberty but um, I would say definitely having a financial like background not that i ever really worked in finance but i can tell you from the one or two internships i had in financial offices you get the real picture of what's going on in the news um so while they actually have to place bets on what's going on so like while you and i might be walking like watching cnn if you're in a real finance office the conversation is about like oh this is bullshit here's what's really going on so you get like the internal picture of like there's other moving forces and to speak to that i remember even back then they were saying you know the keynesian economics there's this other thing called uh um uh what the fuck is uh you know now i'm losing my words i should have had more drinks that that usually i'm smoother because i <laughs> I'll had feel free drinks. to get another beer no man. no no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyways long story short i'll tell you more than anything what brought me into really i didn't know what a libertarian was prior to listening to doug stanhope's comedy albums um he really has brilliant brilliant jokes about liberty i didn't know that there was this other camp called libertarian until i watched some of doug stanhope's comedy and while neither the democratic party or the republican party made sense to me i didn't know that there was this other thing uh and for the longest time i always just said i kind of lean libertarian because i agree with most of their stuff but i just don't really like belonging to any specific thing but i think having worked with dave Moore, um and you know i'm just in a little bit deeper so i don't think i can deny that I kind of align with all of all of the values at this point so it's kind of foolish to not just declare myself libertarian uh, but I would say I definitely like growing up I kind of had that uh, fiscally conservative socially liberal perspective which isn't really represented in either party um, especially yeah. like my outlook like it was almost weird to me that you could want a government like for, for example not uh, not uh, 
Uh, I, I like okay. Here's a decent example. Uh, not to say you should or shouldn't have abortions. I don't give a shit, and that's still my perspective. Go do you. It's not for me to tell you, and I don't think anyone knows. So go do you. No one should pay for it. But if that's what you want to do, it's really not my business. Uh, but you probably shouldn't do it, and it's weird. But you know, it's not for me to tell you. Not. Mm. It's a, like it's a, all right. Anyways, it was weird to me that you could <laughs> both think that the government shouldn't spend absurd amount of money, but. There's no party that feels that way, but also thinks that you should be able to smoke marijuana and have abortions. You know what I mean? It's like right, most right. people that I know, if you just looked at what their reasonable perspective was, you're forced into these parties that are playing by teams where issues that you don't really care about, you're forced to almost like oppose or take a stand on. Whereas the Libertarian Party is a little bit more consistent and is neither of those where it's like, no, we're just we're, we're pro-freedom. And when you start looking at what pro-freedom is, it's also looking at a model that has less government, which also means less spending. Um, so I, I think my introduction to the concept was through uh, Doug Stanhope, because I didn't even know that this other thing existed. And then because of my financial background, I'd already kind of read stuff. Like I, I had come across um, George Reisman in college uh, randomly, and that was kind of blew my mind, some of his ideas and some of his essays. Like, uh, that guy single-handedly changed my... This is, like, before I was kind of hanging out with Dave Smithmore. That guy just changed my mind on issues. Like, he had an essay on gun control. I would have thought we should have gun control. Read his article, changed my mind. Uh, I would have thought the government should offer health care. Read his article, changed my mind. Hundred Like, total flip. Environmentalism. Read his article, changed my mind. So, kudos to me on having a better brain than almost anyone else that you can read an article with good arguments and go, oh, fuck, I was wrong, and that that's interesting. And I haven't... You know, I almost miss finding articles that totally changed my mind because there's almost like an orgasm experience in your brain where you're like, fuck, I never <laughs> thought of it that, you know what I mean? When it's like a total yeah, paradigm shift where you're like, oh my God, like, it's almost like being a kid where you're like, there's new shit, I can learn new shit, oh my God, you know what I mean? It like expands your universe where you're like, there's more to learn and I was wrong and there's a new perspective. Um, so, short answer. I definitely had political opinions not represented by other parties. Doug Stanhope, hilarious comedian with great jokes about liberty. I was like, oh, what's this other thing? And then kind of the more I read, the more I came to it. And then later on, I met Dave, who gave me some of the Murray Rothbard stuff. And now I've been on the show and like, you know, I, I just kind of, even though I, I'm actually less read than the audience, but because of like Dave's read all that shit and he's pretty frequently quoting it on the show, I think big picture, I kind of know most of these themes and talking points. Yeah, definitely. That was no, a long-ass like, rant. Do most of your fucking guests rant that much? <laughs> uh, occasionally, but no, that's that's what I'm here for. I mean, I'm just here to listen and learn. That's the whole fucking experience, you know? Um, yeah, so I'm, I am 100% sure you're more educated on the topic than me. Like I said, I've only been kind of dabbling into it for like a year or so. But, like, to be honest, like... I've never voted, man. I always thought it was a fucking scam anyway. And, like, yeah. it really surprised me when Trump got in. I was like, huh, maybe it's not a scam. But, you know, now I'm kind of thinking, oh, it probably still is. Who knows? Who knows what the fuck's going to happen at this point? It's, it's all just so fucking chaotic. Like, this, this shit doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Um, so are you in Connecticut right now? Yeah, man. This is the glorious sights of Connecticut right here. You can Hell see yeah. it. Empty room. This is me, Connecticut, baby. Yeah, dude. No, I'm transitioning from apartments, too. Uh, so no, This is just how I live at this point. Like, a month ago, oh, was, really? oh, I just moved in, I have no furniture, and now it's just like, I'm not getting furniture. I'm not having sex with anyone, and it's a comfortable carpet. We can fuck on the floor. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, 
So I only listened to a little bit of your last podcast. Um, it was the part of the porch tour. And by the way, I got to say, if you're coming to the West Coast next year, I'm in Washington State. All right. Okay. I'll fucking hook you up with the spot, and I'll give you a big ass bag of mushrooms. All right, I'm. Uh, I think. Ne- I think by next year, the summer porch tour is going to be ready for a West Coast run. I think. Uh, thus far, it was cost prohibitive because there wasn't really yeah, any money definitely. in doing the tour. I'm forecasting that by next year, um, the audience will be at a size where I can like. Well, what was interesting now with the East Coast is because you know there's no flights. I was able to bring. The two shows I just did, I brought two other comics and I brought, so, you know, for me to go somewhere and do the Summer Porch Store solo to an audience, solo, it's kind of a tall order. You know, it's like... Oh, definitely. It's a tall order. So I got to figure out for a West Coast run, well, Kyle, I like Kyle. Kyle was the guy I did Steamboat with, Kyle Ruff, so he's out on the West Coast. Like, there's probably, like, some West Coast comics that I could hook up with and... You know, figure out how to do a run. Um, but I think by next year, the audience will be there where it can be done at like a break even. And then hopefully, I don't want to do clubs. I want to just keep like, I, I love this direct with the audience being in people's backyards. We just did two shows in audiences' backyards. It's got a different like flavor to it that's just so fucking fun. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it, it's really cool what, we, what you're doing. Like, it's cool that you're on the podcast right now because I'm just some random fucking person that talks shit on the internet. And you're like, hey, what's up? You know? so, I don't give a shit, like, man. I'll talk to anyone. Like, especially, yeah. no, it's not so much that. Not that I'll t- fucking talk to anyone. But people are, like, digging what I'm doing and they're also trying to do their own thing. It's like, I don't know. I'm trying to build community feel and I'm trying to interact with the people. Like, Run Your Mouth is very, very concentrated me. And so if people are actually coming back and saying, I like what you're putting out here, um, I'm, I'm pretty happy to engage with those people. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I got distracted. So no you're worries. fucking I was talking your, a lot. Your last podcast, though, you had that super drunk lady fucking talking about hemorrhoids. That was fantastic. Oh, dude. thank you. You and know, I'll just re- put it out there. I'll put it out there sure. right now. I've I've got hemorrhoids, man. So there you go. I'm I'm with you. That I was bombing you, in the room, but I knew that the people at home <laughs> would know what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought that was going to be one of those fun, gross-out topics that the second right. you bring it up, everyone had their story, and somehow they all just stared at me like, "What is wrong with you?" But I'm telling you, Sunday, I had the one of the worst days of my entire life. And every time I had to take a shit, I, like, it was so bad I needed to get into the shower. And then I'm a dumbass. Once I'm in the shower, the water's all the way on hot, and I end up spending 20 minutes in there. And once I'd done that four times, I literally, I, I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. I got dehydrated and ended up spending the entire day asleep because I legit dehydrated, taking <laughs> long showers, washing my hemorrhoids. <laughs> Fucking turning your hemorrhoids into shriveled up prunes, dude. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you got to do sometimes. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a proud moment, but I'm happy I can share that with your fans. If you can relate to hemorrhoid problems, the Run Your Mouth podcast is the podcast for you. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I bet everybody's going to listen to this podcast and be like, I've never had hemorrhoids. Who the fuck is well, this then guy? you're not eating enough food, okay? You gotta yeah, get out right? there and eat more, eat more late at night, be unhealthy about it, combine that with exercise, and drink a little bit. And uh, if you haven't had hemorrhoids, you know, you're not living, man. 
I don't know what yeah. you're doing with your butthole. Definitely. You're not experiencing real life. You're just going through life thinking it's all <laughs> peaches and roses, not afraid to show up to people's houses because you might have to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, if you're not fucking splashing shit up that wall, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can trust you at that point. That's yeah, just a human I, thing. How, how do you just have a working stomach? How old are you? What have you <laughs> yeah. done with your life? Like, you haven't lived. That, that's what, yeah. if, you know, if you're hemorrhoid-free by age 30, you haven't lived. And you're probably a poor <laughs> person, and your perspectives are, you know, worthless. <laughs> that's just the confirmation I needed, man. That's <laughs> what I needed to keep my day going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. So, I'm out in uh, Washington State, and it's kind of weird out here, so... Are you dealing know. with riding and bullshit? No, actually, uh, I thought you might be interested to hear about that. So I live about an hour and a half away from Seattle. Um, I grew up in the Seattle greater area. Um, I got to say what I see going on is kind of similar to like the the Occupy Wall Street thing that was happening. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like, what happened was you got a bunch of fucking hippies starting drum circles and they're fucking hacky sacking, and then eventually somebody gets hit in the head with the skateboard and fucking, yeah, then they're, I don't know, fucking shooting each other and raping each other. So it's it's gotten a little bit worse, and I definitely got to say I know people in Capitol Hill that I could vouch for who said that the, uh, like the extortion that was happening, that was actually turning into a real thing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely not an ideal place to be right now. I think it's probably going to fucking dur- turn into Detroit by the end of this. Um, so if you look at Boeing, uh, Boeing really drives the economy in Washington state. And I think sometime this week or really soon, they're going to be voting on moving their shit out. I think, I think they're going to Montana. Don't quote me on that, but they're going to try and move the I'm stuff out of state. Tycoon. What was that? To become an oil floss tycoon? Probably, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of the the huge economy might be fucking moving out of here soon. It's going to have some sort of detrimental impact. It's so, I don't know how to do it, but someone needs to label, um, like, label the idiots as being idiots. And so when a company like Boeing leaves, right. and all of a sudden there's some random-ass town in Wyoming that's fucking booming... And people start moving there for jobs. Uh, someone can go. Well, you're one of the idiots that ruined Seattle, so you're not allowed to live here. And yeah, I, I don't really now. Obviously, that's not within the libertarian free. Well, it kind of is because you know if they actually had private property and Boeing was really able to establish, hey, this is going to be Boeing Town and buy up like a spot of land like that, which they can. Which, to be honest, they're mostly working with government fucking war money. Uh, but with, 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 without getting into all of that. I do think that these people are ruining their own towns and th- the consequences are going to be bad and there's like almost a uh, a bad part it, like uh, there's a shitty thing where like people will ruin areas because they're bad ideas and then move to new areas and try and oppose those bad ideas and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see like in that vein if Texas ends up really flipping blue. Um, oh, that'd be insane, but I could see right, it. Right, but it's like you get enough sure. people from California that move to Texas, and then all of a sudden, like, does Texas start becoming this high-debt state with all, like, this other fucking stupid... I don't know what Texas's debt is, but I definitely know what's going on in California. But there's just something interesting if, like, if you're the fucking dumbass who's out every single day 
burning businesses that are in your area on and then all of a sudden you turn around in a year from now and all the wealthy people left your area and the businesses left and you're like man living here now sucks you shouldn't yeah. be able to go somewhere else and just ruin that place now hopefully you think some of these people learn but they won't they'll all move together they'll go to these new places and then suddenly they think they're entitled to you know and i i don't really have the the, the answer to this but i'm just saying i wish that like at a minimum we could out these people as like or media would at least tell the story of well here's the consequence of the rioting that happened here's the budget shortfalls that are now going to exist in this area and, and like and they're going to kick and scream and go well how can we let them well of course they fucking left you've been burning the town every single night who wants to live here you you've done this like i was saying this about new york city i think 90 percent of the tax revenue comes from like the rich in new york city those are your best yeah. customers. You want to fucking cater to those people. You want to make them feel special and welcome so that you can afford the public school for the poor people. That, that Your best customers are the rich people, and you're shaming them and, and sending them out of your towns or making your towns unlivable to cater to fucking idiots and dumbasses. It's, it's a losing strategy. Like so, it's kind of strange to me because um, I live in like a very small town. It's like a farm town, basically. And, what's, your, uh, what's your day job? I am a beard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a machinist, and I just got into. Uh, I'm like a QA lead, so I do a lot of inspection. Um, basically, I make metal parts for all sorts of fucking things. All That's sorts awesome, of different dude. applications. You get to work with your hands. You get to weld. Yes, definitely. Um, I don't weld myself, but we do welding in house. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Yeah. No. So I'm definitely a hands-on person. I mean. Uh, like one of the biggest things I've been making is just manifolds for fucking tractors, you know. What's a man? So, I don't even know what a manifold is. Uh, so just like it's basically a, a thing with a bunch of hydraulic release valves, so you can plug something in and you know have your tractor have air conditioning or have your tractor fucking lift its thing or whatever, and you know. So it's basically just for harvesting berries and shit. But um, Marion berries. Yeah, 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 we grow some of those out here. Um, so what the fuck was I getting at? Oh, uh, yeah, it's kind of a small farm town, but it's weird because uh, there's not really much of that happening. Occasionally, you'll see a few people outside with signs and shit, and it'll rotate between like BLM and fucking uh, support our police. And you know, we don't have a police problem here. Everybody kind of knows each other. It's it's that small and. Uh, but everybody's still kind of on edge. It, it seems like a weird thing. Like, if you go down to the gun stores and shit, they're fucking sold out. Like, just consistently, they're going through stock, dude. Like, we're the kind of place where, like, you wouldn't want to move through if you're going to try and break into somebody's house. Oh, because everyone's last just fucking loaded up. Oh, yeah, dude. Did you see the video of... It, 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 this is getting really annoying to me that every video is starting at the end. So you can't possibly watch, like, most of these things and make a judgment. Like, you can't use your critical thinking to go, hey, I think this guy was right and this guy was wrong because it always starts at the fucking end. So the most recent video is this little white kid who shot people out in, um, uh, what was it, Michigan was the, the, was the area? I think. I don't know. Where was the most recent cop one, yeah. shooting? I think it was in Michigan. You don't, you don't fucking sure. know. Yeah, no, you don't, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways... The video starts with this guy's running from a crowd of people that are chasing him. He falls, and they're yelling, get him. And it looks like they're yelling, get him, and they're coming to kick him while he's down. 
And then while he's down oh, on his somebody back. Somebody pops off. No, while he's down on his back, he shoots two people. Maybe shot three, and, like, they start scattering. Now, from that moment, okay. once he's on the ground, whoever the fuck he shot, that looks like fucking self-defense to me. I've seen people get stomped out in these riots or by these people. And so if yeah. you're down on the ground and people are running at you to attack you, firstly, really stupid if you're holding a gun. Um, also, you know, we've watched enough of these fucking ninja movies. You, you don't go one at a time. you got to fucking coordinate. Like, you know, someone's got to jump on him or something. Anyways. Right. He, he blasts at least two. Now, I don't know what happened prior to that moment. If prior to that moment, he shot at somebody totally unwarranted, and then they're like, oh, fuck, this guy's shooting at people unwarranted, and they're trying to, like, grab the gun from him, then the people who were just shot are, are fucking heroes. You know what I mean? I, I mean, the, yeah, right. the people that were trying to... But if prior to... So it's, like, impossible, because it always starts with the end. Uh, and I forgot what we were getting at. Oh, something about people with guns. Um, it's, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea where I was getting it. Me either. There was no <laughs> summation there. I thought I was going somewhere good. Well, uh, you said uh, videos are starting too late. Like, you don't see the things that I actually happened prior. Yeah, because yeah. I, it's like, I know that the news I know that the news lies on everything, and I also know that they're going to use selective editing. So at best, yeah. you try and find the original source material, because nine times out of ten, they're, new, they're misquoting somebody. Like, nine times out of ten, if you see some crazy quote in the news and, like, they're painting someone as being, like, a racist or it, just having said something that seems evil, you just go to, like, the actual original source material and you watch and you're like, oh, well, he totally didn't say that and you took it out of context. More often than not, it's actually kind of, well, actually, I don't know, but I would think a lot of times with these videos, it's also a similar thing where, like, you know, they'll just capture the one incident where the cop finally shoots. But I don't know. Did the guy pull a gun on the on the cop beforehand? I don't know what happened. Even the one with this, the, the last guy got shot in the back. I don't know what happened when the cops got there until the guy started walking towards his car. It seems really weird that they have guns drawn on the guy and he's just casually walking over to his car. Now, if this is one of those incidents where they were totally 100% wrong to arrest him and then they were wrong to pull guns and then he was pulling that thing, which I've seen people do, just being like, you're not arresting me and like just trying to pull like that casual walk off of like, I refuse to be arrested because you're wrong. And then they shot him in the back. Not great, but it doesn't look that way. It looks like the guy's reaching for a weapon. But I don't have any context. I just see that there's gun drawn. The guy's ignoring them walking to the car, which seems like enough cause to shoot somebody. And they shoot him in the back. Probably too much because I think what happens is everybody who works in, like, law enforcement or the Army, they always ask you, like, hey, ever get to shoot somebody? So once a shot is shot, everyone's got to get in on that. That's your moment. You know what I mean? Because the rest of your life, people can ask you, hey, ever shoot somebody. So if one shot goes off, of course eight shots are going off. That's three <laughs> cops who have an opportunity to actually fire a shot. So, yeah, they're going to fucking do it. But that always seems bad when it's like, well, why there's eight shots? Because once there's one, there's going to be eight. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like donuts. You're not just yeah. going to eat one donut. You're already shooting something. You're going to fucking go for it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that shit's getting too out of hand, man. I mean, that in combination with how the media treats this stuff, because, like, you know, you can say one sentence and then they'll just take the end of it and fucking spin on it for days and it's all over Twitter. It's like, there's just too much information out there for people to really comprehend what the fuck's going on. And it's, like, really damaging to society. I mean, you're seeing all sorts of fucking different perspectives and people are just clashing over shit that does not affect them, you know? Like, what affects me is, like, can I go to work? Am I healthy? Fucking, do I have food? If all those check off, then I'm fucking good to go, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When people get so sucked into this shit, it's... 
yeah, it's just, it's consuming. Like, I gotta say that, uh, you guys do a really good job on covering news and not getting sucked into either side. Like, it's it's an interesting thing to see, you know, just a, a raw perspective that isn't really biased. Yeah, I, th- I would say that's the most interesting thing about part of the problem uh, is that whatever you're hearing in the news, we've got the most original perspective on it, and it's usually a third-party angle that no one else is like... There's usually something that we're seeing that no one else is talking about, and I think more often than not, we're right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, we're not no, that it, fucking smart. That's that's really... Maybe <laughs> Dave is. I'm a fucking dummy. That just shows you how how much lying is going on that really once you just follow every news story for a while, you can kind of just start sifting through like, well, that doesn't add up, that doesn't add up, there must be an X factor, here's probably what it is. But it's just from like every single day trying to sift through these news stories and be like, well, I know that this is bullshit, but why is it bullshit? Yeah. Man, how do you deal with that? Like, do you just put your blinders on, just fucking read stuff and try to interpret it? Or, like, do you have a process for actually yeah, I mean, going I, through I news I, and sourcing? Here's, here's my pro. This is kind of the way I try and orient my day, and it doesn't always go this way, especially... But for the most part, I try and wake up at 8 a.m., and at 8 a.m., I try and work on... If I can, it doesn't always go this way, but I try and work on, like, comedy shit, like, jokes or, like, scripts I'm doing. Like, I try not to look at the news first, but some days, like, I'm behind and I I just get started on the news. And then I just work through, like, I, I start with the week daily briefing, I go through all of Google News, and I go through the Wall Street Journal. And the first thing I'm doing while I'm doing that is, like, if I'm seeing jokes, I just tweet out the jokes as I see them. If I'm flagging articles as being interesting... I copy and paste them and I put them into a document for Run Your Mouth. Um, and so over the course of a week, I'm trying to find enough good news stories that I have an interesting perspective on to, to do on Run Your Mouth. Sometimes I come across something where I'm like, this takes some research. And some weeks, like I, I less now because I just seem to have less patience for it. I used to do a lot more research on, um, like if you go through the Run Your Mouth archives, there's some topics that I really researched the fuck out of. Uh, there's a little bit less of that lately, but essentially I spend two, probably about an hour, a focused hour, maybe hour and a half a day, and I'm reading through everything in the news, and if there's a story that I think needs like further research, I'm researching it, um, and when you take a look at, like, I, this is the way I looked at it when I kind of started doing podcasting, and I still don't like earn an income for podcasting, but I kind of really thought news broadcasting was interesting and it's probably and i think it's something i can be good at and make money at but i also look at it like i've started following the news pretty rigorously at age 30 i'm gonna venture to guess because i have a fairly decent memory at age 45 there's gonna be few people with a better working knowledge of the media in america recent american history than me because there's gonna be few people that day in day out were researching these topics as they were happening like, just think about the working knowledge of that. There's no one who can read a history book and just have a... Like, because my memory's decent. So that's kind of just my perspective is, I like, every I do it every day. It's the first thing I do. I'm pretty just kind of in tune with the news cycle. And um, 
like sometimes you know before shows even though this doesn't happen that often because dave doesn't do that much prep but like i i try and find out topics from him and if i'm lucky i'll go here's the topics and then sometimes there's something i wasn't aware of which is always interesting to me because like it's weird to me that sometimes dave comes across topics and they're big and they're just not being reported on the sites that i normally read but that's essentially my process i'm pretty disciplined that every single day i'm spending about an hour and a half um, reading the news and researching whatever I flag as being being interesting. So on that topic, man, um, when you have like a wider variety of news, uh, it, it really throws me off that you're the only person I've heard say that fucking they're going to turn Joe Biden into a deep fake or whatever, right? So I don't know if you oh, think so, they're currently no. deep faking or <laughs> what what's, that came what's your from? thought on that? Yeah, yeah. That, that more just came from if you watch that one particular video that I put out. Oh, uh, and you had the eye thing. Yeah, it glitched yeah. in a way that was alarming. Like, I'm telling you, when I watched that, it was like being in the Matrix. And I was like, I don't think I was supposed <laughs> to see that. I literally like I, it took me a moment. I saw I was like, I don't think I was supposed to see that. And then when I, I was trying to like race to get to Twitter, because I was like, sure, by the time I got out on Twitter it was going to be corrected. I think what happened, it was a Zoom call that just kind of flaked in a weird way. But it was yeah, so definitely. what happened was so visually alarming that I was just I was just like, hey, no one's seen him for a while. He's in his basement. I think Biden's a deep fake. Now, theoretically, um, if you think about the deep fake technology we're seeing like on porn sites and that's not that good, but you can see what's theoretically possible. And then you got to figure that this what the CIA must have that technology yeah, to be able to do with it. What I'm so it's like theoretically possible that the guy, you know, but I think by now he's made kind of public appearances. Also, in other countries, they've had like the fake, you know, like there were the fake Saddam Hussein's, I believe. I, I think that was a thing, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so. No, I don't think Biden's dead. I think that this is the authentic retarded Biden. I don't think you can quite oh, fake okay. the way in which he uh, is just off. Um, but I was just kind of that was more of me kidding at the time because of that video that was like really weird. Also, here's my theory. Um, right. they've, they've kept Joe Biden trapped in the basement for so long. They've just got a camera fixated on him. And he's just talking. He's talking and like old stories it. about when he's a kid. No, they use the AI to get just like his facial movements and how he'd sound. And eventually down the road, you could build deep fakes that are actually like sustainable and could actually it's possible. Work. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, <laughs> the coronavirus is definitely the environment to pull that off and say, hey, the only reason he's not available <laughs> is because of the coronavirus. Yeah. No, they're recording nonstop. Oh, no, I just think it's a fun thought. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, as far as conspiracies go, that's a fun one. Yeah. Man, so uh, what's your plan for the rest of the year? Are you, like, preparing for the apocalypse? Or are you just fucking sitting in your apartment eating sandwiches? Or what's the plan? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, th that's a great question. I'm not great on planning. That's not really, uh, that's not really my oh, okay. thing. I'm just... Uh, just living life, dog. A little bit. No, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, like, of this bullshit, I kind of didn't mind. I mean... I really, well, that's not true. I really miss doing stand-up, and what I most dislike about doing stand-up is uh, uh, it gives me something to do at night. I'm not, I, like, I don't really, I, like, if i got nothing to do with, like, the amount of television I watched over the last couple months is more than I watch usually in, like, a three-year time span, because most nights I'm out doing stand-up, and it's really hard to develop stand-up if you're not getting up. Like, at some point, you're just not really 
crafting new jokes because I don't know you got to get up especially me like I got fucking ADD I'm doing most of the writing because I'm showing up to the gig and then after the gig and then the next morning because I was excited about that without that it, it, it's tough for a while I was working on like different projects which was like really cool I, I got some other stuff in the works some pilots I've written like that kind of shit but um, I, I just did the two shows that I booked which were a ton of fun I got to figure out how to like just get back to doing stand-up like that's that's the that's kind of what I'm gearing up for is I just got to figure out how I can keep getting up and crafting what I'm doing uh, aside from that I mean part of the problem I'm not stopping doing run your mouth I'm going to continue to do um, so just like that, that's the big thing is just keep growing these things keep getting better at everything I do and uh, figure out how I can start doing stand-up again because that's really important to me Oh yeah, that's why I really love that you're doing the the porch tour thing. Like, have you considered just getting like a small portable speaker and just like yes. posting up in a park or something? Yeah, well, not quite the park post up. Um, not not the park post up, but just more backyard stuff. This is this is a bit of a problem with stand up, and I don't have a solution for it. You kind of want to get up in front of the random crowds because that's where you can craft shit. Whereas if I get up in front of my audience, I got to kind of do the polish stuff or you start or you got to like repeat yourself. So it's like I, I, it, I like in other words, Philly was a ton of fun. I can't go back to Philly tomorrow and do the same 20 minutes. And I also can't go there with new shit. So I haven't really figured out where my spot is at the moment for developing stuff. I, I don't really have it worked out. I got to figure out where I can start. And I'm enjoying hanging out with the Shedcast guys. I'd love it if we could start some sort of like a local scene, like maybe like a music and comedy open mic where we can just get up and work out stuff. But I, 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 listen, I, I know I got to drive to be getting up more. I just did those two live shows. They were fun. So now the next step is figuring out how to get more of those on the books. Definitely. Yeah. It's kind of, it's fucking hard to do anything right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm done. I like, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm done caring about like the social distancing or the like I just I don't know I've, I, I, I've had enough and to me stand up is work even though it's not like the thing that pays my bills but it's work and you know you, you don't want to go soft like it, it's that simple you don't want to just ha- be the guy who took nine months off and you're just totally soft and you're behind the curve it's not that's not oh, what definitely. I want yeah no I'm, I'm really confused by that shit so like the people are getting the extra what three or four hundred bucks or whatever um do you know how that's going to be taxed or is there any sort of tax on that like have you heard anything about that i'm assuming that they're not taxing the money that they're sending people as stimulus that just seems insane to me because like i haven't stopped yeah well i haven't worked or no sorry i've been working this entire time right right so i haven't stopped you're still getting the money and it's almost like double money because it's tax-free no, so I've been working through this entire thing, and I don't get any sort of bonuses, right? Right. So I'm wondering why all these people are making, like, twice as much money as me doing dog shit, you know? Like, how are they going to pay back into the system? Um, yeah, no, no, no. They're not, they're not being taxed on the stimulus money. Huh. Yeah. You're getting suckered, buddy. You shouldn't be working. Which isn't true, because for your own getting ahead in life you're better off working than fucking yeah. sitting at home being stale and these people that think that they're winning because the government sent them a check where do you think their skill set's going to be in six months How, right. what do you think what do you think their work <laughs> ethic is going to be you're, you're not winning yeah. it's like that's a or at least for me the, the sad reality for me is like even vacations are kind of scary because 
I, I'm telling you by nature, I'm a lazy fucking alcoholic. So if I go on vacation, and I spend a whole week drinking. It's not like I've, I'm like, oh, that was a relaxing week. It's all of a sudden I come back to work and it's like, now I really don't want to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. there's no, I, so to me, part of life is like, you got to kind of grind and stay sharp so that you're kind of disciplined and used to that stuff. Yeah. So any of these people that are just floating on their fucking stimulus to like, I don't know how you work back out of that laziness. That sounds really tough to me. So you think just like half the population is going to be fucking just useless in the near future whenever this be, shit rolls out? I, I, it's not necessarily that they're going to be useless. It, I, I think when I, I think part of why I'm not such a huge fan of government or handouts, I think force is the world's biggest motivator. And I know in my own life, uh, the only reason I've ever made changes is because I absolutely had to. Um, yeah. And that like I've confronted some, you know, some pretty big failures. I've confronted being like you, you got to confront that shit and kind of go through it so that you make changes in your life. Cut out there a little bit, bud. Oh, okay. What I was saying is like I think you got to kind of confront some rough patches and realize that it's the consequence of your own laziness and start making some of those Definitely. changes. I think that's the way life is. Uh, and so if you're not uh, like, listen, some people lost jobs in this environment of no fault of their, of their own. And I'm sure that there's some people that lost their jobs because they're not really winners. Like if you're, I don't know if you're at a certain age and you're a waiter with nothing else going on. I, I'm not I'm like, I'm not shitting on you, but I don't know that that's winning. Like I get winning, I, I get being a waiter to pay your bills and do something else. But at some age, if you're just like, if you're just being a waiter and doing nothing else with your time, you're probably an alcoholic because there's really not much to being a waiter. Now, I'm not shitting on anyone. Like, f f make your fucking money. I would think if you are a waiter, you probably have some free time to do other shit. The point I'm trying to make, if you're already one of those, like, personalities or, like, you probably don't have the best winning attitude or grind to you and then if all of a sudden you were able to spend a massive amount of time home and you weren't using any of that to do something productive and I don't know if people are doing this maybe the people that are off are fucking reading books and working out all day I'm assuming that they're just playing more video games or partying more I, I can't tell yeah. you for sure but I would just think from a personal discipline and having to get work get back to work type thing that sounds to me like it's going to be a, a, a bigger hole for you now, maybe some people go, oh, I just had the full six months off. I'm ready to get back to work. Maybe some people have that thing to them where it's like summer break. It's just not, you know, I'm projecting. It's not the way I work. And so if I were those people, I'd be fearful that, you know, you probably want to institute some sort of discipline into your life and not just go, hey, the government's got me here. But that's everyone's different, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I like what you're saying, though. I feel like the best decisions I've ever made in my life is when I was backed into a corner and I had no other options. I mean, that's when I really strided to make good changes. Yeah, because you have to. It's really yeah. the only reason I, I find you got some really special individuals out there who are like really fucking go-getters and will go get things done just because they want more and they want to achieve more. And then there's the rest of us, which are fucking dumbasses. Uh, and I put myself into the dumbass category. Like, I'll just tell you, I didn't go to, like, my parents spent a lot of money on private school education in high school. I didn't show up. I smoked weed all of high school. I didn't show up to school. And I didn't get in trouble for that. And then in college, all of a sudden, there, there were classes I needed to show up to. to pass. I didn't know how to sit in a classroom. I didn't know how to do it. Finally, when I got out of college, 
I didn't know how to write an email without fucking noticing I was dyslexic and I didn't know English grammar. To this day, I don't know multiplication. I swear to God, I don't know multiplication. And then when you get to the workforce and you realize, like, oh, I don't have any of these skills, because, like, you realize I'm fucking behind. Being a drunk is not a winning strategy, and you got to change that. But it's like, you got to confront those things. Yeah. Yeah, so... All right, we got like 10 minutes left. I don't want to keep you over. Uh, I got one more question, then uh, you can just go off on whatever you want, if you want to. Um, so if you're planning on going on riding, uh, what sandwich would you recommend bringing? Oh, you mean to go out for the riot? Yeah, if you're going to go beat somebody's ass or flip over a car or light something on fire, what sandwiches would you pack for lunch? Uh, I, do, you, do you have a backpack here? Yeah, yeah. No, you can pack multiple sandwiches for your entire crowd. All right, I'm going. I'm going. This is what I'm doing. You ready? You want to, You want to have good energy if you're out there riding. You don't want to be caught in a riot with bad energy, but you also don't want to have to be running around feeling too full. You're definitely not going to want to be looking for bathrooms. But you, you, so you want that blend of good energy levels, but then also not needing to take big shit. So, um, okay. I'm thinking. You want a good whole grain bread, uh, and then I would go probably PP&J with, like, an all-natural peanut butter and, like a, like, a solid jelly. That's always solid, and you can pack a bunch of those. When you're hungry, like, an out and about, PP&J is always good. You can't go wrong with that. It's not going to fuck up your stomach, um, and it tastes delicious. The other thing, go. just to kind of keep it lean and clean, is... Maybe you go for like a like a smoked turkey also on uh, also on your whole wheat bread. You want to get exotic on that. You can throw a little hummus in there. You want to make it real tasty. You can throw some pretzels with your hummus in the turkey. That's a nice little blend. Kind of shakes things up. Throw a little hot sauce on there. I would avoid the cheeses. I'd also in this instance I'd avoid the lettuce, onion, tomato. Like I understand it, but you want like something that's quick and clean. And that's going a little bit too... Also, you're going to look like a fucking pussy. If you're out there fucking rioting, you don't want to be the guy who's got tomatoes and lettuce in a sandwich. You don't want to be that... You don't want to be that character. You know what I mean? You want to look like a fucking badass. On that note, you want to get, like, some grilled chicken and avocado type deal. The problem is with that one, you got to make sure it's not getting, like... You got to eat that one early because you got to keep it cold. You don't want that thing going all bad on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say best options, but I got to... You know... For the most part, I'm too lazy to, like, prep sandwiches at home. So when I'm out and about, um, I'm eating, like, nuts, cliff bars. I'm drinking energy drinks. Um, when, I, when I ski, I used to eat beef jerky, but I think, I think, uh, I think my stomach's uh, revolting beef jerky. I was down uh, with beef um, jerky for a long time, but I think, I think I'm done with beef jerky. Also, a problem with a lot of the beef jerky you get at the grocery store is, like, it's all processed shit, so yeah, they fill it terrible. full of antibiotics, and, like, you know, those antibiotics will retain in there, so when it hits your stomach, it starts just killing everything in there, and then you're taking fucking nasty shits, and it's just not oh, worth is the that, time, man. Oh, is that the problem with the antibiotics? It, yeah, it, wipe, it wipes out your gut flora, for sure. Oh, so if I started eating thing like, paid attention to, I guess, buying meat that was antibiotic-free... I wouldn't... I'd have a better gut biome. Yeah, it would actually help a little bit, for oh, sure. Oh, dude, I should get on that. I never even thought of that one. Yeah. No, it, it makes a difference, man. Uh, my buddy's a nutritionist, and he told me that, and it just kind of blew my mind when I tried it. It's like, wow, my shit's solid now. That makes... No, that <laughs> actually makes more sense than anything... I've already cut out so much stuff. I'm done with dairy. 
I think uh, I think I might have to take a break from eggs, which is weird because everyone says that eggs are like easy on the stomach. But I'm finding I think I'm allergic to eggs. This is it's the weirdest thing as a dude. Like I guess, and I'm not even old. I'm fucking 32. But just confronting limitations. It's such like a weird process when you're like, I used to fucking eat everything. Like, when did I become the allergy guy? The allergy yeah, guy is not right, cool. Right, right. What the fuck happened in my life? I used to be the drink in the drink for fucking breakfast, call everyone a pussy, tell people nothing mattered, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you turn around, you face some failures, you stop drinking as much, you're just a nervous person, and your stomach hurts all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I'm starting to be in the same boat here, dude. I feel you completely. I used to eat at least, like, I mean, I lived in New York City. Every single day I ate a slice of pizza. It was either lunch, yeah. it was either lunch I had a slice, like a good slice of pizza, or it was like my 2 a.m. meal I had a slice of pizza. I still can't believe that I'm a person who can't eat dairy anymore. I used to drink milk by the bag. I'm, I'm literally by the bag. In Israel, they sold it by the bag. <laughs> I would drink it from the fucking bag. It, it, is, it shocks me that like I had to kick in, and it shocks me that the consequence is so immediate that I like I actually don't even really desire it anymore. It's not like... Like, boozing, you can have hangovers, but it's not immediate. You know what I mean? So, and I, yeah, I don't get, definitely. like, hangovers that bad. But, like, when it comes to dairy, it's two hours later. I'm, like, like aggressive. It's almost like, uh, you ever see uh, a clockwork orange? Yeah. So, you know, like, they get rid of the violence because it makes them, like, literally nauseous. That's like dairy. It's an hour later. I'm <laughs> nauseous. Yeah. I've, got no, I've got no choice but to drink gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking A, man. Um... You got anything you want to say before we end? Uh, check out Run Your Mouth Podcast, Summer Porch Store. Uh, we're out there. It's a weird fucking show. Part of the problem if you want uh, some some news education. And uh, Robbie the Fire on Twitter. If uh, Unlike the Bearded Man, you actually use social media. And uh, <laughs> I think that's it for me, dude. Oh, I want to plug, too. You got uh, Robbie the Fire on YouTube. Yeah, you yeah, only yeah. got a few things on there, but man, you got some good content. Like, I really liked your uh, Ridge Wallet ad. That was fucking fire. Yeah, people love that one. That's been uh, <laughs> of all the of all the things I've ever done. That seemed to people seem to enjoy that the most of everything. Yeah, you should keep going for it, man. I mean, you don't, you don't need like crazy production quality. Fucking YouTube, you know, it's still got a little bit of the Wild West in it. Not yeah. much, but it, it's still there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I gotta take a piss so bad. Thanks for having me, man. This hey, was man, fun. pleasure having you. Thanks so much for doing this. Fucking stay in touch, bro. Peace. Peace. All right, that was the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, I just want to throw out there, I'm sure Robbie the Fire Bernstein does not condone in any sort of rioting, violence, or looting. You could actually say I'm about 100% sure of that. So that was just a joke right at the end. Um, be sure to check out the Run Your Mouth podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. It's probably on a bunch of different places, too. That's where I know it from. And, uh... Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.